Thanks for listening to Hanging With The Sardellas Gracias, Ariela. Familia, get ready to be inspired by our special guest who has an amazing story of resilience and perseverance. Imagine yourself being the second youngest of six sisters. Imagine that bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Being a proud daughter of Mexican immigrants. Your dream is to graduate high school and go to college just like your older sisters have. But while you're in high school, your plans drastically change Mm. due to your father unfortunately passing away. Now what do you do? This is the story of Olga Rosales Salinas, a now award-winning writer, poet, and co-founder of the Rosales Sisters Scholarship and a proud mamá y esposa de familia. And from Watsonville, California. Janet's hometown. (laughs) Her story is amazing. Don't miss it. Coming up next. Familia, thank you for hanging out with us again. Le queremos dar gracias a Dios por otra oportunidad to be with you. My name is Shaboy Edgar, and this is my wonderful wife, Janet. Hola. And here is our friend, Olga Rosales. Hola, hola. Hola, ¿cómo están? Hola, bien. ¿Y tú? Thank you for being with us. Did you say hola, hola? I, th- I meant to say hola, hola Olga. Olga. And I just came out by saying hola, hola. Hola, hola. <laughs> That's fair. It's an easy mistake. Hi, Olga. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for hanging with Los Otelos. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to talk to you, not only because of your past and the perseverance and the things that you've had to overcome to be where you're at today, but also because we're excited here about the present and how you're using all those challenges and all those difficulties that you had in the past along with your sister's to give back to your community in the form of the Rosales Sisters Scholarship that we're going to ask you as our listeners to please support. It's an amazing cause. I will give you all the details in just a few minutes on how you can help. Mm-hmm. But Olga, tell us a little bit about your family, your origin, and where your parents come from. And then we can go into you being in high school. Take us to that moment, one of the most challenging moments of your life, me knowing that personally, uh, losing your father as he graduated to heaven. My parents migrated here um, from Zacatecas, Mexico. They moved to the States, to Watsonville, California, when they were 17 and 18 years old. Mm. They got married and immediately started having girls. (laughs) Lots of girls. (laughs) Lots of girls. My dad wanted one boy and he tried six times and he spent the rest of the time reminding us of that. Quiero un hijo, quiero un hijo over and over again. You know what's funny, Olga, is that I have an uncle, mi tío Martin, who also went through the same thing. He really wanted a boy. He got six girls and then even tried it with a different woman. Ah, no es cierto. Oh, ouch. And still got girls. 
stop. No, just playing. Yeah. He do it. <laughs> no, no, pero he went for the seventh one, and the seventh one was a boy. Oh, thank God. But, oh, oh manches, yeah. es demasiado. Oh. So your, your dad's like, I'm good at six. I'm good. Yeah, it's a classic uh, immigrant story. Back yeah. in the 80s, in our hometown, there was constant uh, immigration raids. La Migra would mm -hmm. come by and, and pick up my dad on occasion. So that was hard, just being worried about him being gone and how we were going to live without his income or just without him in general. It was hard. And then um, it, Pajaro Valley Unified redefined its boundaries so that my sisters and I got to go to uh, the affluent Aptos High School. That's my husband. Uh, Janet, you know all about yeah. that. <laughs> so Watsonville so, is a small town. And then yes. to go to Aptos High School, you have to take a bus. 20 minutes on the freeway to get to this high school that's out in the boonies, but closer to right. the beach and closer to Santa Cruz, California. And babe, you're from Watsonville as well. Mm -hmm. También de right. padres inmigrantes, Janet. And, right. you know, as you guys have heard Janet's story in the past, Janet's parents worked in the strawberry fields yeah, for, for 25 20. years. And Watsonville is known for that. It's a huge agricultural town. It's la capital de las de la fresas. fresas. O sea, ¿sabes? No, no, no sí. it's true. It's, uh, it's the home of uh, Driscoll's and Martinelli's yeah. and Smucker's and Jolly Green Giant. It's uh, a conglomerate. Mm -hmm. So if you get strawberries from in, in London, if you get strawberries in London, they're from my hometown exactly. and Janet's hometown. Yeah. And um, I mean, they own the rights to strawberries. Yeah. <laughs> so migrant communities are the ones that are making that happen. And We ended up at, at Aptos High. My eldest sister, Elizabeth, was part of the first kids from Watsonville to be bused in from Watsonville. So there was pushback from the community. Oh. Um, and that was hard for them. By the time that I was there in 94 to 98, it was less of that. It was definitely more muted. It was still a hard community to be in. I mean, be, coming from a, a immigrant family and a, a big family with six daughters and two parents and also tias and tios always coming in from Mexico. We were a crowded house and to just be in that coming from that home to Aptos High where it just felt so affluent. It felt so um, different. Yeah, and, like another world. Um, it still is, I guess is my point, a, a very unique place to go to school when you're an immigrant kid. Yeah. From I just want to add to that what, um, you know, Olga saying is like you go from Watsonville, a community of all people that look the same as you. And then you go to this high school. They take you on this yellow school bus. You go out into the mountains and then there's a school full of people that are all Anglo. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a whole different world. Right. And then you start getting, you know, becoming friends with these kids. And then you hear that, you know, they're going surfing. They're going to the boardwalk. And then, you know, in our cases, it's like. You have to go back home and sometimes work, help your parents and do, it's like two different worlds. Completamente. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. I'll, I'll share one story. I remember the first, because I joined a cheerleading team because that's nice. what my mom wanted, you know? So I was at Aptos High Cheerleader. And I remember one time just going over after school to a friend's house, very natural thing to do. And just being like amazed at the pantry. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> y'all like, are so like there is just food coming out of everywhere and I just remember thinking like even looking back now like I don't know if it was just that I grew up in a house with so many people that, that just never happened or right. just the wealth disparity mm. between communities but I do remember standing in that kitchen and just thinking like yo this is different 14 years old realizing that like this is this is a very different situation I'm in right so when I first 
moved out of Santana, California, which is a huge immigrant community here in the U.S. and Southern California, and we moved out to the Inland Empire, which was more like white people, and mm -hmm. my friends were white across the street and whatnot. <laughs> I got blown away because I got introduced to frozen food. <laughs> like hot pockets, like hot I, pockets. I got yeah. introduced to hot pockets because you know their parents would go off to work, and in the summer they would be alone. And they're like, "Yo, we got boxes on boxes of hot pockets," and I was like, "What is a hot pocket?" Like, yo, it's like pizza and a bread. It's like a tamal, but with pizza inside. Frozen. <laughs> I know that difference and that yeah. shock, and I would come home and like, "Ama, we need to get hot pockets," mm -hmm. you yeah. know. But then my white friends were like trying to come over to my house and eat like. Quesadillas. Quesadillas, tacos al pastor, carne en su jugo, pozole, exactly, you know? Yeah. It was a cool yeah. little blend. But anyways, go back to your story. You're at this high school trying to blend in. It's a whole different world. Now, at this time, your sisters who are older, because you're the second youngest, right. some of them are already in college, and they've set up such a great example for you. And obviously, such an amazing way that your parents raised you, ladies, that you guys are all going to college. You're like, I'm next. Mm-hmm. Take us to that moment. So one of the most important things that happened in my sophomore year of high school was my sister, Adriana, the second of, of six daughters. When she was in San Jose State, she took me to the ballet in San Francisco. And it was there where I saw these ballet dancers who were much older than me and not much older than my sister, just living their best life, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just performing and living their art and their music. And it was just an amazing experience. And I remember going back to high school and to Aptos. And, and while my world as a teenager was very much revolving around how do I fit into this community, I also had this other experience of the symphony in San Francisco and just realizing that there was a bigger world. Mm -hmm. So that was important. That was an important pivotal moment in my adolescence. And then there was also the fact that I was trying really hard to assimilate. So the next few years in high school were really just about how do I fit in here? How do I make this school work? Just before my senior year of high school, um, my dad passed away from a very tragic car accident where he was crossing the street and a car hit him. And he oh, died sorry. from his injuries from brain trauma. Uh, two days later at a hospital in San Jose. Oh, Yolga. It was, yeah, it was very hard and it derailed all of our lives. But for me, it was about how do I switch over from planning my college life and, you know, my plans to go to San Francisco, live in San Francisco to like maneuver around this new circumstance, which is, um, you know, fatherless. My mother, now looking back after having a psychology degree at Mills as an adult, um, looking back and realizing that my mother had become severely depressed at the time, she went as far as to give up parental rights with me. So that was hard because as much as I was pushing back as a teenager, you always expect your mom to, to be your champion, right? Oh. But she was in a, paralyzed with grief. So I went out and lived on my own and I don't know if it's okay to swear, but I was like, muy chingona. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to no. go pay rent on my own. I'm going to go work at wet seal full time and, <laughs> and also try to finish high school. And, you know, I was trying to do all the things. I had a car note. It was, it was crazy. Luckily I found my way to radio um, and radio kind of saved me in a lot of ways. I was an intern. I was trying to be on air as you know, Shaboy. Yeah, radio, radio is uh, it can be all encompassing. You get your family there, you get street team vibe, you get all of it. Um, I was in radio for 14 years, traffic manager 
working, you know, making a living. And it was um, after that, you know, I met my husband and, and really started, started to reevaluate, like, you know, I don't want to just live, like, I want to like live, live, you know, Thrive, so when yeah. I went back to school and I finished my degree and then my sisters and I were sitting around at dinner in 2019 uh, celebrating the the life and honoring the death of our father 21 years prior, just thinking like, how do we honor his life and talking about his quirks and, and the things that made him my dad, you know, our dad. And one of the things we thought of was that he had this big belly laugh, but he also refused to talk to us unless we spoke to him in Spanish. <laughs> and his thinking was, you guys are going to a predominantly white school. Um, you're already speaking more English than I want you to like, a mí me hablas en español. That's how you're going to live. That's so beautiful. And, um, that reminds me of my family. Like my dad and my mom, they didn't allow my brother and I to speak any English. They didn't want us to lose our culture. And I feel like your family and your dad wanted the same for you girls. Like don't lose your culture, your roots. Like, you know, speaking Spanish is a beautiful thing. Yeah, no, it's true. And and I remember resenting him as a kid, but mm -hmm. looking back on it, it's like, man, he really knew. He knew the assimilation struggle that I was having. He knew how hard <laughs> the road I was on was going to be. Mm. And um, I want, we all wanted to honor that. Yeah. So we started this scholarship and the first year was just money between us. And we, we got to the school and it was like 2019 before pandemic. So we got to the school, we went to the ceremony and I can't even tell you guys, like the demographics, not only in the auditorium, but around campus were exactly the same, if not worse. Yeah. And that kind of broke us. It was kind of like, wow, like nothing's changed here. <laughs> nothing's changed. Like it was still predominantly white school. It's still, um, it. let's put it this way. There, there were tons of kids who were getting scholarships. A handful of them were Hispanic. You know, my sisters and I looked at each other and we thought like, you know, we, we're doing okay. Like, let's give more. Let's, let's figure out how we can give more. Let's figure out how we can do something with where we ended up in life and like, and the experience we had and how do we give back to this community that looks exactly the same than it did 30 years ago. Wow. <laughs> like, I believe that. <laughs> you know, it's so, it's overwhelming to think about that a community wouldn't change or yeah. wouldn't. I don't know. In my mind, Evolve. it feels like growth would be yeah. inevitable. Olga, sorry to interrupt. I'm, yeah. I hear you getting emotional. And then I look over at my wife and she's in tears. <laughs> and I just want to pause because yeah. you both have very similar upbringings. Raised by immigrant parents yeah. que sacrificaron todo para darles todo a ustedes. In Watsonville, being Mexicanas, having to go to this area where you're different. You're an outsider to them. Mm -hmm. And every day you got to show up and try to assimilate there. But then you go home and your parents are like, no te olvides que eres mexicana. Y no me hables inglés. <laughs> no me hables inglés. Sí. Don't be ashamed of your roots. No. You can be both. You know, I, I just, I'm hearing your, your story, Olga, and I'm so sorry for your loss because I can't imagine not having my dad, you know? Just that alone is really hard. And um, the fact that, yes, I agree with you, you know, everything's the same. You go back to Watsonville, it's even worse. There's a lot of homeless, unfortunately. You know, we just went back for my birthday a couple of weeks ago and I drove around town and I'm like, man, it's still the same. That The town is still the same. There's a lot of people that look like, you know, my family. 
you know, still working hard. And I believe you when you say the high school we went to is still the same. You know, there's maybe not a lot of scholarships for people that look like us. There's not a lot of support. And Watsonville, you know, it's the same. It's still the same. Not that it's a bad thing. So I'm emotional because I think back and I wonder if there was more people like you and your sisters helping out and, you know, there was more awareness. Like what would have become of friends of mine or myself And I can also relate with your story because my brother also took me out of Watsonville on a weekend to San Francisco and we visited FIDM, F-I-D-M, the the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. And we went to museums on one day and that was like mind blowing. And I can totally relate with your story, Olga, because that's what drove drove me to move out of Watsonville. And I actually ended up at that school and it's a private institute and I had to apply and and it was hard and it was expensive and there was no scholarships. I had to get loans, you know, and thanks to our older siblings. But imagine those that don't have siblings like Olga and I that what do they do? What's next? You know, you ladies can be the older siblings, right? Olga and her sisters have started the scholarship yeah. to do exactly that. And I'm so proud of you, Olga. And I'm so happy to hear this. And I'm like so excited that you're doing this and. And you listening and, you know, if you want to help out this amazing cause, please stay tuned till the end so we can give you more info so you can see how you can help out. Just real quick, Olga, before we continue, what is a good website that people can visit right now if they do want to support young men and women, first generation Latinos, immigrantes, Latinos, Latinas at Aptos High School that are still trying to assimilate, still trying to fit in, and there isn't enough support and help for them? What's the best website to go help and support right now? Well, we have a couple of things happening right now, but mm-hmm. the, the main thing is we're having an auction to raise money. And that auction can be found at biddingowl.com slash RSS. When you go there, you'll find our story, why we're doing what we're doing. You'll also be able to bid on items. And those items are artists and local donors all over the Bay Area who are giving their time and money for this cause. After hearing Janet, I just... Uh, I want to just say this one thing. Yeah, please. Yes, of course. Um, I would. I reached out to a community member who fundraises in the Santa Cruz County today, and we were having this conversation. And the first thing he said to me was, "Usually, when people start scholarships, it's like an endowment or um, families of privilege give their money, their own money. Mm-hmm. And so you're one of the first people to call to crowdsource for this." And there was a little bit in his voice that I thought, wow, is he like shaming me? (laughs) But also, I was also like proud. Like, yeah, (laughs) I am crowdsourcing for this. We are crowdsourcing for this because that's what we do in this community. We reach out. We look for other stories and we can listen to other stories and we go, yeah, we all need support, especially first gen and immigrant families. We're not here four or five generations where we can just build family wealth and give, you know, right. We have to do it this way. Absolutely. (laughs) Hopefully not forever, but we're doing it this way for now. But for now, and that's why we're uniting, right? You're uniting your gifts and your abilities. A good friend of ours, Nicole, mm-hmm. uh, connected us Hi, to Nicole. you, who's Hi, a mutual Nicole. friend, mm-hmm. and told us about your great cause. We got connected. We heard of your story. And we're like, we want to support in whatever way we can. And that is bringing you onto this podcast. And we're going to share all the information on our social media as well. Uh, so make sure you follow us at hashtag Los Sotelos. And Olga, what's your Instagram account? Olga Rosales Salinas. All one word. Three words, but all one. <laughs> Olga Rosales Salinas. 
DM like her, that. ask her how you can support. Let's put it together towards the future of immigrant and first generation Latinos y Latinas in the Central Coast. And for those of you that aren't from California, Watsonville is in the Central Coast by Santa Cruz, California. And that is about two hours south of San Francisco, California, mm-hmm. right along the coastline. We are so proud of you. Where did you end up eventually graduating from college with your resilience and not wanting to give up? You ended up achieving your dream anyway, Olga. It didn't happen yeah. the way you planned it. And that's what's so remarkable and what I admire so much of your story is that you had a big wrench thrown in your life. Mm-hmm. Your father passing away. Next thing you know, your mother is going through, understandably, a very difficult time, depressed. And you thought you could count on at least still having your mom being there for you. But a la contraria, you have to look out for yourself at a very young age. Wow. And that absolutely blows my mind. Yeah. What made you not give up? <laughs> it's hard. What made it you sounds, not give up? It sounds sadder when you say it, but yeah. <laughs> no, uh, it's like amazing. <laughs> like you're a superwoman. I mean, not everybody is capable of doing oh. that. You either go down a deep hole and, but you instead are like over here being a leader and, you know, being outstanding and being mature yeah. and responsible. And, you know, it's like, this is awesome, Olga. It just goes to say that at the end of the day, We all have a choice. Yeah. No one can steal the power of you choosing. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter what life throws at you, you still get to choose how you react. What is that book, babe, that you always recommend with the monster? Mind Monsters. Mind Monsters. Uh It's it's an awesome book where it talks about, in your mind, your thoughts either feed the line of faith or the line of fear. And it's like, what are you feeding today? And Olga, what what kept you going to continuously feed the faithful, the line of faith and believing in yourself? Please let us know coming up next. But first, we have an important message from one of our sponsors, Nitsa, about the danger of texting and driving. Familia, desafortunadamente sigue habiendo un gran problema en nuestras carreteras. Todos se quejan, pero todos siguen haciendo lo mismo. Mm Usan el celular mientras manejan. Por culpa de estas personas que van en el celular, sigue habiendo choques y sigue muriendo la gente. ¿Qué están esperando para dejar de hacerlo? ¿Morir también? ¿Chocar y matar a alguien? ¿Meterse en problemas? Solo para darles una idea, más de 3,000 personas mueren cada año a causa de conductores distraídos. Híjole. Familia, ¿qué les hace pensar que a ustedes no les va a pasar? No pongan su vida en peligro ni la vida de los demás. Para evitar la tentación del celular cuando van manejando, guárdenlo en un lugar donde no lo puedan ver ni escuchar. Su vida es más importante que cualquier texto. Y si necesitan contactar a alguien pero saben que va manejando, no le manden textos porque podrían ser los causantes de una desgracia. Manejar y textear la vas a pagar. Mensaje de Nitza. Gracias familia. We'll be right back. Funny story, this Easter, our ring doorbell totally saved some major drama with our neighbor. Yeah. Janet had dropped off an Easter gift basket with our daughters at our neighbor's door. Right. With a little note that said, God bless, happy Easter. Yeah, super Ariella cute. And Alani, mm-hmm. right? Next thing you know, an hour later, we hear somebody ring our doorbell. And then they just took off. Thanks to our ring video doorbell, we got to see that it was our next door neighbor. So we approached her because we knew who she was. (laughs) We thought maybe we offended them or something, right? 
So we went over and asked them, hey, is everything okay? And they're like, oh, yeah, somebody left these baskets for you guys. So she thought that somebody mistakenly left the baskets there for us at her house. Right. But in reality, we explained, no, it was a gift from us. And she was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. We're so grateful. Thank you. <laughs> Blessings. But thanks to the ring doorbell. It was a happy ending. Right. <laughs> and now you could have it, too. Yeah. Right now, get a special offer on the ring welcome kit at ring dot com slash sotelos it comes with rings video doorbell three and chime pro the perfect way to upgrade your front door and start your ring experience so go to ring.com slash sotelos that's ring.com slash sotelos olga what would you say is what kept you going during these difficult moments well, a couple of things happened. I had a hard time for sure. I definitely did fall in some in some dark holes and spaces, but um, I grew up in faith. And for as complicated as that faith experience was, there was always this feeling in me, this substantial feeling in me that God was in me and living through me and that I was going to be okay. Mm. And so everything that I went through was a matter of like, get up, start again, get up, start again. You know, like I mentioned before, radio, having a stable job, um, having a friend who owned a building where I rented a room, like all of those things were God given. And I, I appreciate it to this day. I'm always grateful for that experience. It was when I met my husband um, in 2012, his actual efforts at wooing me were, what do you really want? You know, what do you want this life to be about? And, and if it's not just about surviving, you really want to live what 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 does it look like and and what i said to him was i want to quit my job and i want to write for a living you know that's always been my passion i was writing poems in grade school uh, i was writing poems for the high school newspaper at aptos high as embarrassing as that is um, don't look those poems up please um but i was doing i always considered myself a writer and so when he asked me those questions just the power of love i was like yeah you know if you support me in that dream, that's what I want. And I quit my job shortly thereafter. We got married shortly thereafter. I've been working on this book that seems to be taking forever. <laughs> but then, you know, we also started a family, bought a home in the Bay. You know, we've got two beautiful kids, five and three and a half. They're growing so fast, but, you know, it's my job to take care of them every day. I'm, you know, but I'm also working and writing and blogging and, you know, getting articles out there and, um, you know, I'm, I'm li I really am living the happiest, most fulfilling life. And I just, I think because of my struggles growing up, because I, I did go through those dark patches and because I did have experience with substance abuse, because those things happened, I'm so grateful, you know, I'm so grateful for all of it and for my faith and for never doubting the fact that God is in me and living through me, you know, everything's gonna be okay. Thank you. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. For opening up and. And sharing that because, you know, a lot of people can hear your story and say, yeah, I went from my father tragically passing away, struck by a vehicle when I was 16. And then, but then, you know, I ended up getting a job and, you know, I got married and now I'm an award-winning poet and we're starting a scholarship. But you're talking about 20 plus years that went by there where it wasn't easy for you. It wasn't. You know? <laughs> There was times where you That's thought you weren't going to make it, but gracias a Dios, you're here today. And at what age did you go back to college? Oh, my goodness. I did the whole um, one class at a time for a long time. 
I think my first class at City College was 1999. So that's fun to think about. <laughs> but I really took it like seriously when I met my husband in 2012. So like three classes a semester, I transferred from City College to San Francisco State. And then I got pregnant. And so I moved over to Mills College in Oakland and I finished up there. So I got my bachelor's in psychology in 2019 first. And then right after that, that's when we started the scholarship. I was like, okay, that took me way too long. (laughs) How old are you now, Olga? I'm 41 now. 41. So two years ago at 39, roughly, you finally graduated college, but you did it. Yeah, oh, I had a party. It was a big deal. I was like, oh, my 20-year four-year degree. Being 41, what advice would you give those mommies that may have that inside of them? Like, oh, I need to go back to school. I need to do something with my life. What would be like the one thing that you would tell them? I would say find the support system. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be like a romantic partner, but like find the support system. It's going to have your back. Because it's basically impossible without that, without somebody having your emotional, financial or you know, otherwise, you know, space for you to be a student as an adult. Right. That was what I would suggest. Olga, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I don't know if you still do this or not, because your dad did pass away and go to heaven um, over 20 years ago now. My father just passed away last July. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. No worries. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He was the first person that I would call when... I had good news in my life and because I knew he was going to celebrate it to the max. And he was the first person that I would call when I had challenges in my life because I knew that immediately he was going to take it to God and pray for me. So it's been really difficult to not have him to call. Um, I think that was the first trigger in my life uh, where it's like, yo, I can't call my dad. And it, it's, and it sucks even more because my mom now has my dad's cell phone. So I remember a few days after my dad passed away, my mom called me from my dad's cell phone and I literally thought my dad was calling me and then I answered and it wasn't him. Oh, um, that's brutal. It's, it's difficult. It's challenging. And, and now managing it and, and things are getting better. You know, you never completely heal. You just learn how to manage it better. Mm-hmm. But where I'm going with this is I still sometimes have our conversations with my dad. I talk to him. I tell him things. I, he's you my, hear him? He's, yeah, I hear him. He's my hype man in heaven. And he's made a lot of amazing things happen through God uh, recently. Do you still, in a way, talk to your dad? What, what do you say to him 20 years later, now looking back and seeing what you've accomplished today? That's a hard question, but I will say this. Um, you are so lucky. And, and Janet, you're so lucky. that Your parents get to see you as adults. They get to see you as um, parents and successful adults in a happy marriage, God blessed and filled and uh, with reverence for him. And I, I, oh man, (laughs) I don't have that. Uh, My dad and I were in the throes of it, right? I I was a stubborn teenager when he passed. And so there was a lot of work in therapy where I had to forgive myself and, and really, um, be able to look in the sky again and to and to talk to my dad again. That took me a long time to find a space where my dad is, you know, is he still looking? Is he 
is he holding the same grudges I was holding for him? You know, that took a long time. Shouts out to mental health, <laughs> to the people who are doing that work, because without that experience in therapy, I don't, I don't know where I'd be. I, I now can look up and, and, and know that my dad is proud, especially with the scholarship and the fact that, you know, six grown adults have come together to do anything. <laughs> Not only just six grown adults, but six of his daughters. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, and that we're doing it in his name, you know, and that we, um, we all have different experiences of our relationships with him when he passed, but just to be able to say, you know, I know my dad loved me as much as he was mad at me from the weekend before or I was mad at him because he really did refuse to speak to me <laughs> unless I spoke to him in Spanish. All those things that you hold as like valuable when you're a teenager that really don't matter, you know? For a long time, my, my relationship with him postpartum was, was stuck uh, as a 17-year-old. And I had to unlearn that in therapy. I had to say, you know, I'm a grown person who can love my dad and who can realize that my dad loved me when he passed. Mm. And that was hard. But that's where I am now. Now I can, you know, see the smile nice. on my kid and, and see my kid belly laugh like my dad. And, oh, you know, he's got these dimples that my dad had. And oh. it's powerful to see the genetics, you know. Yeah. To yeah. go, oh, there's my dad. There he is. And you can physically see the generational herencia, right? How do you say Heritage. herencia in English? Heritage or, or what Heritage. you leave, you know? The genetics, you the know? Genetics, but just the plain genetics. Also, what you're doing, Olga, along with your sisters, is passing on the things we can't see, which are the values, the morals, the core of who you are and who your parents taught you to be by you guys starting this scholarship. Mm-hmm. That's also celebrating his life, celebrating his legacy, his work ethic, that he wanted a better future along with your mom, a better future for you and your sisters. And now you and your sisters want a better future for Latinos and Latinas that are apt as high trying to make it and figure out life just the way you were. Mm -hmm. There's something beautiful and may I say poetic about that okay. <laughs> you know? and, and that was beautiful before we wrap up olga do you have a poem you can share with us Por i favor? do uh, i do oh. i do so this is um i've read this a lot actually on stage i love it it's still valid are you ready we are ready for you olga it's called abed rosales this is a, a poem written in prose so a little bit of an essay a little bit of a poem abed rosales It was a 1980 General Motors pickup truck with a camper from a different make and model attached to the back. The truck was brown, the camper was white, and it sat on four tires that each were from a different vendor. Along the paneling, there were five or six bullet holes that went largely unexplained. Even at the age of 10 years old, I knew it wasn't right. All those bullet holes with no story, just randomly appearing after one night of staying out late. The truck never had window washer in it and it always smelled of alpha macho male. The kind of smell that slices through your vulnerability and lingers long after you've made an exit. I used to watch it coming around the bend of my street with a mix of anticipation and nervousness. In hindsight, it must have been plain old fear that truck delivered my father time and time again. It would putter down the manicured lawns until it came to the end of the street that seemed to always be hosting a party. Cars everywhere. Music played all of the time and the lights never seemed to go out. It was a street full of kids with no curfew being raised by parents with two jobs each 
That was my street, and that truck spilled its oil all over it. It was a truck I learned to drive in, and the truck that picked me up after school every night after cheerleading practice, I stole it once and cried in it a hundred times. More than just a vehicle, though, it was a lesson in loyalty. It drove to the same job for 15 years and came to our house for 18. It brought home food on the table and paid most of the bills. It was all things solid. Go figure, right? My representation of loyalty and strength was an American-made General Motors pickup truck. I miss its mystery and even its irreverence. Mostly, though, I miss its alpha macho smell. Sorry, the poem still gets me. <laughs> and that was beautiful, by the way. I think you literally painted such an amazing picture of that street. And uh, it's interesting because Janet has those neighbors that are always throwing parties. <laughs> I've been to her house. That's many what I'm like. No, just kidding. And just carros for days, and I'm like, what are they celebrating this weekend? <laughs> like, it's impossible that there's always a quinceanera or a birthday every fin de semana. <laughs> that was true. It's because so there's always come someone coming in. You know, there's yeah. always someone new. Oh, that was so beautiful, Olga. Uh, Janet's <sighs> in tears again. Oh my goodness. Um, thank you so much for being so vulnerable, Olga. We really appreciate that and. Thank you for sharing your heart, your story, and we want to support the Rosales Sisters Scholarship. Scholarship. Yes. Once again, the website to visit if you want to support this cause and show this community that Latinos can come together and support. Or non-Latinos. Exactly. Non-Latinos. Open to the community. Exactly. Visit <laughs> biddingowl.com slash RSS or Simply hit up Olga on her Instagram. That's Olga Rosales Salinas. There's also a very cool event that you're throwing, right? On the 22nd? Yeah, the 22nd. Um, we are having an event, like a closing event. We'll also be closing the auction that night. So if you bid on something or you want to bid on something, this will be the night to come to because we will be closing all the bids that night. So it is um, hosted by Chuy Gomez. If you live in the Bay Area or even nationally, you know who Chuy Gomez is. Yeah, he's an amazing, amazing yeah. OG radio host who I admire. And he's a good friend as well out of the Bay Area. So Chuy is awesome. And I'm glad he's a part of this. That's great. And then it's a it's a poetry showcase because that's what I do. And um, that's what I love. So bring your uh, tissue, poet. bring your Kleenex <laughs> to Please the Zoom link. <laughs> also party though. I told them to, to read fun poems. Yes. Oh, awesome. Oh yeah. Um, last question. I can imagine our listeners also asking this. How is your mommy today? My mom is great today. She is super healthy. She lives in Vegas. Um, so my mom, and I should have said this earlier, but both my dad and my mom are the eldest my mom is the eldest of 12. My dad is the eldest of 16, was the eldest of 16. Wow. So, yeah. So there are plenty of deals and theas in my mom's life, both sides of the family. She's got plenty of sewing circles and cafe con pan and, and oh, all of it. That's awesome. um, she definitely went through a rough patch. And that's why I mentioned it earlier. But she's a happy, she's a happy grandma many times over. Between all of us girls, we have not had one girl. That's so all grandsons. <laughs> all grandsons. That yeah. So and that's crazy. my dad from heaven pulling oh the string. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that. Yeah. Okay. Ahora tengo niños para aventar para arriba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Boys for days. That's amazing. 
Uh, well, yeah. I'm glad that your mom is good and your guys' relationship is good and that you all have peace, which is the most important thing. If yeah. There's one thing that I learned from my dad's passing also is just how important it is to be at peace with the ones you love. Papa Dios yeah. above. And next time you are eating a strawberry, think about us. Think about our hometown, Watsonville, yeah. California. Raspberries. Yes, raspberries, stra- uh, apples, Apple because juice. there's oh, some hardworking people town. there. And it's amazing little town <laughs> that you can skip because it's only like three exits from the freeway from the one. <laughs> yeah. Don't oh. skip it though. Stop. Yes. Shop. <laughs> yes. So that's, that's awesome. I invite you to go to Watsonville. Olga. Yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Los Otelos, blessings to you. If there's anything else that we can help and support, let us know. And aquí estamos, apoyándote. Um, Thank you guys. Thank you guys for everything, honestly. I really appreciate being here. I really, um, I love your story, Janet. Both of you, Chabot, all the the radio pass, all of it. I love what you guys are doing, your podcast. And um, thank you so much for having me. That's awesome. And please donate to this awesome cause. Yes, yes. please donate to the cause. Yes. I can also right? just uh, go to my website, olgars.com, for more info on all of it or any of it. So, olgars.com. Beautiful. Venga de ahí. Thank you, Olga. Familia, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Please uh, share this episode if you absolutely loved it. And also, Familia, make sure you rate and leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out tremendously. Connect with us on social media. Can't wait to chat with you. Yes, on hashtag Losotelos or Losotelos.com. Blessings. Remember to love, serve, and celebrate each other. Animo. Animo. Thanks for listening to Hanging With Losotelos When you're a Delta Sky Miles Reserve American Express card member, your favorite meal in another city is just an online booking away. Así que conocerás dónde se consigue el mejor pan dulce to have with your morning cafecito in L.A. Where's the best pupusería in the Bay? ¿Y dónde encontrar la salsa verde más rica en San Antonio? Because you're the travel foodie. The Delta Sky Miles Reserve American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know reserve. I'm what you might call very good at hide and seek. And since we got Xfinity... We have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary.